Welcome to the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. This thing is huge. It's the greatest, most outrageous, incredibly fun podcast on the internet today. It's all about the Donald, the most spectacular entrepreneur alive today. For entrepreneurs who also want to dominate their market and destroy their competition. I'm Steve Cypress, here with my co-host, Everett Farnell. Welcome back to another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast. I am your co-host, Steve Cypress, along with my own fearless co-host, Mr. Everett Farnell, who is so dedicated to helping you, our fearless and fantastic audience here on the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast, that he is off in a foreign city, way away from home, helping a client out to make a ton of money in his business, and he is right now in an airport as we speak, so... Bringing that up in advance, if you hear hustling and bustling and lots of background noise and calls for people to get on planes and stuff, my co-host Everett Farnell is so dedicated to bringing you this podcast that he's doing it from a far-flung airline terminal. So, hello, Everett. Hi, Steve. How's it going? We, we take our obligation to our listeners seriously. We yes, I mean, uh, you know, we don't have to do this. We have, uh, I have a fantastic business. I've built an excellent company, a fantastic business, and I really just don't have to do this. I just do this because I want to make podcasting great again, and I know you are the same way. Exactly, exactly, exactly. And, you know, That's, so if uh, this podcasting thing doesn't work out, I'm just going to go right back to running my business and making billions of dollars and, and uh, suing everybody and whatever I do. It, it, and, and you'll be the biggest and the best and the most outrageous when you do it. Undoubtedly, which is what we're going to help people with, although we are going to go to a topic we've covered a few times before, which is a lesson learned from Donald Trump from what not to do from watching Donald Trump. And, of course, we're talking about what is now only a few days ago as we record this, the first in a series of three presidential debates for the 2016 presidential election. And, of course, Donald Trump was made mincemeat out of in the debate. And there are lessons to be learned so that you hopefully don't do the same thing if you are ever in a confrontation or being attacked or being confronted or in any way marketed against by your competition, you don't do the same thing. Now, I preface it by what I said, not on this podcast, I don't think, but I certainly was talking to a lot of people in the days leading up to the first debate that the hype was unbelievable, ridiculous, overly hyped, because it's just the first debate, and Trump doesn't know what the heck he's in for. He's never done a one-on-one -on -one debate. He's never tried to held the stage for half of 90 minutes with half having to say something, you know, he's much more effective when he can just break in, when there's multiple people on the stage, and then when he can calmly disappear and let the other few battle it out or whatever, but here he had to actually be on, and thanks to the split screen, he was actually on for the entire debate, and that helped also his poor performance. So my premonition, which I now, it's confirmed, was that that will be a learning experience for him, and he would then have the last five, six weeks of the campaign, plus the two other debates, to put into action all the lessons he learned from not doing well in the first debate, and that's what happened. But let's discuss particularly why he didn't do well, and if you ask me, it's because he is extremely easily distracted 
respected. He is, after all, an entrepreneur, so therefore he has ADD, and he's extremely easily distracted. And Hillary, who is the furthest thing from an entrepreneur and absolutely does not have ADD, uh, can focus on the only thing she had to focus on, and she did it really well, was attempting to distract him from the main goal, which is pointing out how horrible she is as a candidate and all of her plans are and all of her whatever promises and everything are. And she can easily distract him by just making some personal attack, which is his Achilles heel. He'll go way off on a tangent and go crazy, odd nauseum, to defend himself against a personal attack and forget why he's out there. I mean, is that what you observe, Everett? I, that's exactly it. He has a very hard time not answering personal attacks. And, of course, the, the problem is it makes him look very small. He takes him on head-on. He takes him on as if the person saying um, has some authority or some credibility in what they're, what they're going to say uh, or what they're saying, and it, uh, it makes him look weak. So, so here's one mistake. When your competitor uh, makes an accusation of you, if you respond to it, uh, giving it any credence whatsoever, the mistake is you've already now giving it, given it credence. You've already promoted it as a valid criticism, whereas, let's say, I mean, off the top, my head, but if uh, Hillary says to Trump, oh, you are anti-woman, you hate all women, for instance, you said about me, I don't have the face to be president, or whatever that line was, and he said, well, I, you know, he went on and on about stamina, you don't have the stamina, you don't have the stamina, which, you know, belies, of course, that was his practice for the debate, oh, talk about her stamina, so he at least, you know, wanted to get that in, but it had nothing to do with the point that she said, you know, you don't, you accused me as a, you were, you were wrong to me as a woman by saying, I don't have the face, blah, blah, blah. And he could have said anything like, oh, sure. do you mean, are we going back? We're going to discuss how wrong we are to women. You mean like when you accused all the rape victims of your husband of being bimbos? You mean in that way I'm wrong to women? Or, you know, anything at all to either make a joke or make light of or totally ignore, uh, make it seem to be a nonsensical statement when anybody accuses you of something instead of the mistake was he started defending it and that means he's losing Right. And, and you know, I think probably our listeners are going to come up to a situation more often where they have a, where they have a problem with customers. Well, so let me ask you, Everett. Let's say you are, you, you had your, you've had a number of businesses. Let's say you're in your roofing business and you had a competitor come out and put a YouTube video on and say, you know, don't ever, don't by any, you know, even think of using Everett Farnell's roofing company, but because the guy hates women and, you know, uh, so don't hire him. What would you put in response? Well, to be honest with you, I wouldn't even respond to it. That's how it's Okay, so there's lesson number one. On so lesson number one is you don't even respond to it. One way right. you do is you, well, in this case, you know, let's say it's a little different because it's in person. So let's right. say Let's say they go, I, uh, can you come over and do an estimate? I don't know if this ever happened, and you go over and do the estimate, and there's another guy there. Absolutely. They didn't even space him out. They called five guys, and two were there at the same time, and when you show up, this other guy right in front of you says, oh, Everett Farnell? Yeah. He hates women. Don't hire him. What would you do in response? I, well, first I'd laugh. There I, you I go. Mean, like, so lesson like, number are, one are is you, you <laughs> deflect it by just laughing at it of how because it's completely nonsensical and means nothing if you laugh at it. If you give it credence, right. you've given power to it and you've already lost. So lesson one, right. step one is you laugh at it. And uh, um, then I would uh, 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 then I, I would ask 
what what are you talking about? Where where did you get that idea? I mean, I would while I was laughing before I uh, you know I mean I, I would say what well, that's the most ridiculous thing I've ever heard. And of course now they now that the onus is on them to if you're talking about a one on one situation, the onus is on them to prove what they're saying. Okay, uh, and here's saying. the thing about that. So while the owner you put the onus on them to prove what they're saying, the the prospect can really only be thinking one thing: this guy is a clown. This guy like is a jerk. Guy. This guy is a loser. Why is he? going on now to prove what a bad person ever is like what is this personal vendetta he's bringing out all i did was calling over for an estimate now i'm afraid to let this guy anywhere near my family and certainly never in my house and like get away from him People, people are thinking, what's he going to say about me when, uh, when we get done doing more? Well, so that's a, a lesson to be learned from the way Trump failed in the debate because he kept getting caught in the quagmire of defense when these things have nothing to do with the fact that his plan to lower taxes and whatever else he's going to do is in complete opposition to another big big business, big government, regulations, high taxes, high spending person, and to focus on that and take the focus of all this personal crap. And, and that would be, I would say, step three. So no matter what my opponent, you know, what my, my competitor, what my opponent said in that meeting, no matter what quote-unquote proof he offered, I would say something to the effect of, look, that's the most ridiculous thing that I've ever heard in my life. Now, how does it affect, let's assume you're, let's assume you're right and you're not, but let's assume you're wrong. How does that affect how I could put the roof how well I'm going to put the boost on that. And then I'd look at the homeowner and say, we're not interested in personal attacks or we're not interested Well, in so let me go, let me give you the comeback. Hillary's comeback mm -hmm. is, well, that does affect the president is a role model for our children and is a leader of the nation and we can't right. be led by a misogynist, racist, homophobic, xenophobic. She's going to go into her whole line about how right. I, I even seen she has a TV commercial about it with the kids watching TV going, do you want this guy for your role model? So she's going to say it is, Jimmy. Whereas, of course, with the rumor, it's not. I mean, of course... With you yeah, as a local business owner, it's not likely to be. Yeah, that's not that's not something the local business owner is going to be able to do. But I would still say, if I in in Trump's case, you could still say, yeah, that might be true and that might be an issue. But are you really trying? Do you really think Americans are that stupid that they think that's anywhere near the level of importance as the economy of this country is, and that you want to bankrupt us even more and charge higher taxes on people that are already not making more money than they did 15 years ago? And I want to help people be more prosperous, more safe, and have more money. Uh, I think, uh, I think, Steve, that, uh, that the Trump campaign should hire you as their uh, as a consultant. I think you'd, you'd do better I appreciate than some of the people that. that have. But here's the thing: <laughs> the the problem is, and which is a topic for another day. Maybe this is what you've already given it, and I can see we're at the end of today's episode. So let's talk about this next week. The fact that Trump has probably a dozen advisors who all said exactly what I said, but he has a problem being coachable. Uh, uh, and, and I won't want to spoil the whole episode, but basically this is something we ought to talk about. He's a CEO of a multi-billion dollar company. He's used to whatever he says goes, uh, ruling with an iron hand and authoritarian fist. It's a family-owned business, for crying out loud. It's his kids are all the executives, a lot of some of them. And so he's not used to the fact that people are telling him, hey, Donald, don't do that, and maybe he ought to listen. But on the good side, I can see that he's been more coachable as he continues to go along, which is to me is a selling point point of him as president is look how well he learned look how much he's going to watch how much he'll be improved 
from one debate to the next. That's just my opinion. Right. Well, I, and, and that's interesting. I will be looking forward to the next debate to see exactly how much he improves. And I suspect, just like you said, that he will uh, improve. Fantastic. And before that debate happens, we will be back next week with another episode of the Lessons Learned from Donald Trump podcast from my recording studio and from an airport somewhere where... Coverage just came from helping a client make a lot of money. This is Steve Cypress signing off for now, and we'll see you next time, or we'll talk to you next time. That's funny. I got some woman over here looking at the crop. I shouldn't have heard the Well, you just tell her. Just say, you know, go on to iTunes, and you can listen to the podcast. You don't have to try and listen over my shoulder. You've just listened to the most terrific podcast on the Internet today. If you want to be a winner like Trump, make sure you go listen to the rest of the episodes by going to LessonsLearnedFromDonaldTrump.com. And join us next time. Unless you like being a loser. Some people do, I guess.